Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. He was part of our SENZ commentary team through the Test Series. He did a fantastic job. It was a pleasure to hear him on air. And then he's going to be backing up in the ODI, one of these ODIs as well coming up. It is Ben Strang. He's on the line with us now. Ben, thanks for taking some time out of your January, mate. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It's... um. It's 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 been tough watching these overnight games, but it's uh, it's been good at the same time. So has you have because you've got a day job? Uh, for being, do people know what your day job is? Or do we tell them? Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I can I can tell you, I work for Radio New Zealand um, in in the background a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, former sports reporter, so very much in in the mix with the sports stuff. So you're up late doing the sports <laughs> stuff, then you're back to reality uh, for RNZ, doing a hell of a good job, mate. And did you enjoy the commentary? Because I got to say, you're a natural. We've heard plenty of people have a crack at it throughout the years. I hope you enjoyed it because it sounded like you were having a heap of fun. Yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic. It's um it's a great gunship bunch of people doing the uh, commentary. Daniel Cardi leading the way. You can't not enjoy talking to somebody like Jeremy Coney and Richard Petrie. So it, it's fantastic. And and you know, having played cricket almost my whole life, um, I don't know any cricketers who haven't had a stint commentating while scoring the books. So. It, it, it did come fairly naturally. Yeah, excellent stuff. Well, we're actually talking right now. We're putting a, together our teamless Tuesday of people we want to hear do a race call. And I'm trying to work out which of the West Indies fast bowlers we would want to hear from. Any input there? Oh, Michael Holding, surely. It, it would be, right? I think he's the um, the, the clear favourite for that. He's, uh, I mean, he's a fantastic commentator. He was a fantastic bowler, uh, fearsome in his day, and so considered now as well when he's doing his commentary and uh you know i just remember a couple of years ago when he was talking about the black lives matter movement and that sort of thing that the guy's a legend i think he'd be fantastic okay put him in michael holding it as sorted that's right okay now we got that out of the way last (laughs) night i don't know because you weren't commentating you might not have made it through the whole game it would have been a hell of an effort if you did but reflecting on it a strange little ODI, an interesting ODI. We clearly didn't score enough runs. There'd be no way to really tell whether Pakistan would have been put under more pressure if we scored, say, an extra 30 or 40. But just a lack of partnerships and I guess maybe almost like a feeling out first effort from the Black Caps. What, when you got your teeth into this scorecard and if you caught much of it, what were your kind of first impressions? Yeah, I caught much of the first innings and... Jeremy Coney in, in the SNZ commentary before it started said that the 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 two batting sides pretty much cancel each other out talent wise if you go through the lineups and and I think that's absolutely bang on and this would be down to the bowlers and I think Pakistan's bowlers did a very good job Nasim Shah in particular uh, obviously ripped the top off with Devin Conway gone uh, first ball and from then you're you're on the back foot and and because New Zealand didn't have any players kick on you know you've got all of these starts what is it Finn Allen 29 Kane Williamson 26 Daryl Mitchell 36 Tom Latham 42 Glenn Phillips 37 just nobody kicking on to a 50 a bigger score and I think that is the difference at the end of the day if there was another 30 40 runs came from one of these top six batsmen kicking on to a score well over 50 
then New Zealand probably win the game because I think 280 would have been too much. It is. It's a good point you make around the the difference in the bowling, um, the units, and the way they manage to kind of stifle any consistent runs being scored. We had Tim Southey and Lockie Ferguson both go for much over or more than six runs and over. Mitchell Santon is always going to do a job for you. Glenn Phillips did a hell of a job. So did Michael Bracewell, and you saw a lot of them in that Test series. Where in the second ODI are they going to have to tighten the screws? Is it is it on Tim Southey and Lockie Ferguson or those that take the new ball to just find a way to limit that scoring? Yeah, well, Tim Southey went for 6.7 and over. Lockie Ferguson went for 6.4. Uh, every other bowler basically went for, for fours. Matt, you know, Glenn Phillips went for five, and I wouldn't say he's a recognised bowler. So, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, so, so, I mean, I think that's the that's the area that needs tightening up is how do we restrict runs with our quick bowlers uh henry shipley had a pretty shaky debut uh the the golden duck the slightly wayward bowling with the new ball uh, at times he he only went for for 28 off six but clearly there was some you know maybe a little bit of concern from williamson later on he didn't come back uh you know for, for for more than six overs so uh, I, I think that is where things need to sharpen up. The, the spin bowling was pretty good. Uh, Michael Bracewell did a good job. Again, Santner was typical Santner. He was just restrictive, if not necessarily uh, that penetrating. But, um, yeah, the, the quick bowlers just need to do a better job, I think. I'm really curious about where they go with the fast bowling lineup. Like, not just in this ODI series and then in India, and then not just in the Test series against England back here, more so even to the World Cup. I don't really know what it's going to look like. i got no way of telling who's necessarily first in line. And Henry Shipley, he had to be played because we need to know what he's capable of. But is Blair Tickner now going to get a run in this Pakistan series? And are we likely to see Doug Bracewell as well? They kind of need to see what these... Look, to be fair, admittedly, we have seen a lot of Doug Bracewell throughout the years, but we kind of need to know what we've got with this group and find out who is the next cab off the ramp, right? I think that's the biggest concern for New Zealand cricket going forward is who are the bowlers coming through. If you go through domestic cricket, I wouldn't say anybody is, is... smashing the house down, trying to make it into this Black Caps team. Henry Shipley, probably the pick of the bunch. And that's a massive concern. Bolt's, Bolt's essentially gone. He'll play the odd game for New Zealand now, but, but you know, will he's, he play? Hey, he's decided. Ben, sorry, to... sorry to interrupt. If you have to steer into a crystal ball, will he play the World Cup? I think he'll be available for the World Cup. I don't know whether he will play it. I, that's down to New Zealand cricket. If they want to take this World Cup on and, and have a chance of winning it, I think they need to select him because there is nobody who is of the quality of Trent Bolt. And 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 as I say, that's the that's the big concern for New Zealand cricket in the long run is who are the young bowlers coming through. I, l- I look at Ben Sears and and he can bowl incredible pace, but he's a little bit he, he's a bit of a spray can at times. He he doesn't have full control, I wouldn't say on where he's putting it, and he has had a chance for New Zealand. So he's a good young player and, and will improve. Otherwise, you're looking at guys, you know, when I talk to batsmen on the first-class circuit, they, they talk about guys like Ed Nuttall being incredibly skillful, the left armour from Canterbury. But he's, he's 31, 32. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, th- there's no young guys that you can look at and say, yeah, this guy is is absolutely up for international cricket right now. And that that's the concern 
for me is you, you can look at Finn Allen, you can look at Glenn Phillips, some younger batsmen who are there. Um, you know, uh, Rach and Ravindra scored 100 today for Wellington. Th- those guys are doing all right. Bowling-wise, I'm just not sure where it is. Mm, that's a really good point. It's the same concern I have, mate, and that's why I think they need to try different combinations. I wouldn't be surprised to see that bowling unit tinkered with for these remaining two, uh, Pakistan uh, ODIs. Mm. Then, obviously, Tim Southey heads off, and there is a little bit of personnel change. In the middle order, Mitchell, Latham, Phillips, Bracewell, Santner. It kind of reads a little bit unconventional, but... When you go through it, each of those players have put their hand up in a massive way in the white ball cricket over the last kind of year, 18 months. Is that settled or as settled as it could be? I think uh, basically, yeah. I think Mitchell has turned himself into an undroppable player over the past 18 months or so. Uh, Tom Latham seems to be playing some of his best cricket. Um, in, in one day as, uh, in, in, in test matches, he is hitting the ball as clean as I think I've seen him hit it. So... Mm. He is. He's got to be locked in with the gloves. His glove work probably needs a little bit of work, but but otherwise he's um he's absolutely locked in. Glenn Phillips through twenty twenty cricket. Uh, I don't think you can drop him from a white ball side either. He he has the ability, like no one else in this team, to take a game away from another team and, and close an innings. And Michael Bracewell as well. I think he's growing in confidence at international level uh, with bad and ball, and we're just going to see more and more quality from him. Over time, I think with the bowling, he's still learning, and yet he's still doing a very good job. So, so the more he plays at this level, the better he'll get, I'd say. Well, so so we've lost Colin de Gronholm and uh, Jim Neesham out of this picture again mm. contractually. Are we do we need a seeming all rounder? Like, is that something that is going to become an issue for us, or can Michael Bracewell fill the void for a while? I, not necessarily. I don't think necessarily you need a seaman all rounder, but you need you need to have in that case three seamers who slot into that team uh, without it's question. And I think that's the issue right yeah. now is that yeah. we've got what well, Lockie Ferguson is a, is a very good one day uh, white ball bowler. Tim Southey absolutely. Um, who's the third cab off the rank? And, and would it, you know, Matt Henry probably would have played if, if he was fit. Adam Milne, if he's fit, is a good shout as well. But th- there's a lot of issues with fitness and, and consistency that we have to deal with. It's it's very intriguing to see what they do with these pace bowling spots. And going back to the last World Cup, I kind of vaguely recall, uh, was it Milne, Henry and Bolt, the first three, were they the, was that the option at the end of it? I think Tim Southey ended up pulling out a favour. His form, he's really put the work in in white ball cricket since. Um, and obviously now with his leadership elevation, you expect him to be here. Somebody's just text us, Ben, with Lister, question mark. Ben Lister? Yeah, yeah, uh, um, decent cricketer. But again, I don't know that he's banging the house down to, to play. I mean, there's a, there's a few guys that are in that sort of similar um, you know, group of players, but I, I can't honestly look at them and say that they are putting in performances that make Gary Stead select them for for the Black Caps, and, and that's what I mean. I'd say Gary Stead would be begging for a fast bowler to come along who just, you know, does what Kyle Jamison did a few years ago, and says, "Here I am. You have to pick me," and, and no one is doing that right now.
And look, the thing is, we've both watched sport enough to know that it happens every once in a while. You get one of these uh, anomalies where a player has a season and kind of emerges from a crevice in the ground. But more often than not, you have to nurture and develop players. And if you can't see them on the horizon, they don't just come out of anywhere. They don't fall out of the sky, right? So I think you're right to say that that is the the concerning part of it. Um, Pakistan, this series has been, well, this tour has been enlightening. I've really enjoyed it. Loved your commentary, mate. We'll enjoy you. So you're with the uh, team in the third commentary is that right that's right friday night uh until early in the morning on saturday i'll be there um excited to see how things go and and just sort of i guess i'll, I'll also be watching that pakistan bowling attack and wondering how they can do as well as they can without Shane Shafridi, who I reckon is the best bowler in the world. That guy is amazing. Yeah, you're right. Actually, if, if anything, that's been the that's been the real shame. We haven't got to see him uh, close up. Right, he is a bit of a freak. He's kind of got a little bit of that Joffre Archer when Joffre was coming onto that scene. Except he's been able to do it for a long period of time. Um, yeah, completely agree with you there, Ben. Hey, thanks so much for taking time out of your your day, mate. Really appreciate it, and some nice thoughts here around where this Black Caps team sits at. And uh, we'll watch as the vaults now have to try and chase down about 400 and a million. No, 392. (laughs) Yeah, good luck to them. (laughs) Absolutely. Cheers, man. Cheers.